Welcome to the newest installment of the Women Who Rebrand podcast. With captivating guests and thought-provoking topics, you'll be motivated to recognize your growth and be compelled to continue on your journey to success. Allow yourself to become whole and love yourself fully with this season of Women Who Rebrand. Welcome to episode 42 of Women Who Rebrand. I'm thrilled to have Sadie here with me today, a self-connection coach and shadow worker who is passionate about helping others on their journey to self-discovery. Sadie found that becoming a coach was the perfect way to use her gifts to support those on a similar path. We'll be discussing the topic of overcoming limited beliefs and negative self-talk. Let's get started. Hello and welcome, Sadie. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm very delighted to be here. I can't wait. Um, so I've been following you on the ground for quite a long time. And I'm sure we've met in person at various events as well. I think um, so. We've been in like little circles, haven't we, together? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And I always refer to it as like that kind of, not self-care. I don't know. Self-care sometimes means different things to different people. But I'm like wellness and just wholeness. That's the term. Wholeness. Yes. Yeah. I think everything. wellness makes me think of kind of weird little retreats that kind of. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but like wholeness. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wholeness is just like mind, body, spirit, everything, energy. Yes, that's, that's yeah, that's yeah, and the light and the dark wholeness. stuff as well, because that's very much kind of my bit. Not just all the nice, sparkly, happy, light and love bits. It's the mucky stuff as well. <laughs> Absolutely, because you definitely have to have balance. You can't just, mm. and that was my problem for a long time. My, my cousin used to refer to me as living in like Care Bear land because I'm like, but why isn't everything amazing all the time? And that's just not realistic. Um, but yeah, sorry, we're going off the tangent already. already. When did it start? <laughs> so episode 42, overcoming limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. So mm. as we said, yeah, there is that balance. And not every day is going to be a bloody amazing day filled with sparkles and flowers and stuff like that. So it's just kind of knowing how to balance, which is why I invited you on um, today. Um, so, Sadie, um, we are going to get into it and oh, I can't wait. Um, but just fill us in on your career background and um, becoming a life coach. Yeah. So my my um, my kind of origin story is very different I didn't kind of come well I've come to life coaching quite late in life I guess kind of in my 40s um, and my day job before that was very corporate but in a public sector space so there was I was um, a projects and change manager basically running a projects team so we had this expectation to do lots of stuff but no money to do it with because public sector never has any money <sighs> so there's all these pressures very corporate very um, pale male stale kind of leadership teams and that kind of thing which I was was part of but never felt I had much of a voice in um but didn't really didn't really connect that with the way that I was feeling on the inside so outside looked very kind of like tick boxy like good enough job happy home life holidays that kind of thing but there was something that was missing that I couldn't quite put my finger on and doing all the lunchtime shopping, going out on all the Friday and Saturday nights, all those things were, wasn't filling that gap. Um, and eventually it led to um, what I realised was being in just classic burnout, just kind of constantly trying to do all the things, not really recognising my feelings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then eventually my body said, no, we're not doing this anymore. And I had a period of acute stress that I was off my off work for three months and it was like all the pieces of myself just just collapsed into <laughs> into a pile and I had to spend that time just picking those pieces back up and looking at each one and going is this me is this something that I want is this something that I recognize as part of myself or is it something that someone else has put onto me an expectation or um something that doesn't really fit who I am anymore and in doing that I kind of came back to so many things that I'd fallen out of touch with that I actually really love doing so this kind of playing with the idea of magic um getting back into using tarot cards astrology crystals all that stuff which at some point I guess in my teens some friends had gone that's not really cool so I'd gone gone yeah no it's not it's not cool Aww. at all and I was, yeah I'd left it behind um, and in doing that, I got back in touch, realising that I had a pretty good intuition. My empathy is kind of 
is is a is a strength, not a um, not something to kind of to hide away from. And those skills and those abilities and those natural things led me into coaching. Um, and finding coaching for myself and then realizing I could probably do this I, I can see myself doing this I have a an affinity and I can see how helpful it is to help people move off from where they are move themselves forward um, in ways that feel good and not kind of in that kind of toxic way which I was used to from a corporate space mm. so it's very much kind of like a falling apart and then a putting back together and the the shape that I put myself back in together to was very different from the corporate one that I'd been hiding behind and wearing for so long. Mm. Wow. I love that. And there's been so many people that have, so many guests that have come on and we did kind of start out kind of focusing on reevaluation and changing and growth and kind of like that. And then we kind of drifted to specific topics, which is careers, relationships, um, health and wellbeing. But there's always been that underlying current of that that growth and like starting anew, but still taking some elements from the old and taking it into the new um, part of their life as well, which is so amazing. But yeah, yeah, so many people have had that kind of, I don't know if you would call it a midlife crisis, but it's kind of that midpoint, I guess, around 30s or 40s when people do just, it, it you just can't keep on running at that speed I think something has to give and it usually comes from like you know um feeling burnt out stress depression or illnesses and I've just heard it so many times but um I'm glad to hear you got onto the other side and you're doing things and paying it forward because that's what it's about too (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) so yeah now you're helping other people um People like me who need a bit more organising, a bit more wholeness and guidance. Is that how it works? Yeah. So what I think I've been able to do is is take those parts of me that, I, that I'd lost and kind of bring them back and go, these are really valuable. The sensitivity, my curiosity about things and kind of asking questions and not accepting answers as well, kind of, kind of digging around the edges of things. Um, because I think as we get older... As, as kids, we're very curious and we're like, why is that there? And who's that for? And who's that? And we'll ask questions constantly. And then we stop asking questions and we start just accepting the things that we're told mm. um, without questioning them because we get told them so often by kind of so many different systems and and structures and, and everything. So we kind of go, okay, that's fine. And then we get into this autopilot rut of just kind of following along what's expected of us so curiosity for me has been really important in for myself of kind of questioning things going really back to the roots and the origins of things and and going is that is that true for me or what else is also true and kind of building up a bigger picture um and that's what I like encouraging clients to do as well is is to kind of to to kind of shake themselves out of just the autopilot treadmill, that hamster wheel that we all get stuck on and just kind of pause and look around a little bit. Um, So that kind of, that questioning of things, working out what actually is what you want from life and does it look very different to what you have now? And then bringing all of my 17 years of actually being a project manager into play and going, right, okay, let's, let's create you a plan that feels tangible but also is going to respect your need for rest and play and isn't going to have you burning out along the way and it's going to have lots of space for you to do that being bit as well as the doing bit so I like that I can blend those two aspects of of my life now I guess that kind of very practical getting on and doing things project management getting solutions to having also a bit more of that wholeness side as well but yes, we need to be doing things in our life, but it needs to come with a balance of rest and play and joy and creativity and that connection with the parts of ourselves we've forgotten as well and that we may not always like about ourselves as well. There's lots of those bits. (laughs) Eek. Oh, my gosh. I can relate to this so much. I'm like, ah! (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's so interesting about the fact that you touch upon you know it's not just the good and recognizing those I guess is it like shadow work in terms of the bad stuff that you just have to acknowledge and does that even does like negative self-talk and stuff come into that 
kind of deep shadow work or is that completely different? No, it's, it's very much rooted in it. I think it, when we don't know our darker side, our shadow side, the bits of ourselves that we kind of hide away from, they pop up and we call it self-sabotage. So we call it an inner critic. We call it perfectionism. We call it procrastination, people pleasing, all these parts of ourselves which are trying to protect us really, but in a little bit of a twisted, unhelpful way. Um, So for example, an inner critic might hold you back from taking a business idea forward because the inner critic sees that as risky and dangerous and people might see you and people might hurt you and that feels dangerous, that feels threatening. So an inner critic is part of us who's going to go, oh no, you don't want to do that because you know, you'll know you be awful at it and people will judge you for it and all these kind of horrible things will happen to kind of encourage you to hold back from doing things that feel scary. But when you can turn towards that inner critic part of you and approach them with like a non-judgmental and what I like to think of as like compassionate curiosity and ask that part of you what are you trying to protect me from what is it that you need to feel safe and what is going to be the thing that is going to mean that I can move forward in my wholeness and not try and move forward and have this kind of anchor part of me that's like holding me back So it's trying to find all the parts of you that do act as anchors and kind of drag you down or hold you back and go, okay, how can I pick all these parts of me up with like tenderness and compassion and go, right, it's okay. I am an adult. I am very capable. I've got this far in my life. I can do this thing that is in front of me. If you, if you trust in me, then we can do this together and move forward. So all that negative self-talk is, I think a lot of the time we try and push it down and ignore it. But what it's asking for is our attention. Mm, wow. Where do you think, um, like, that all comes from? Do you think, like you mentioned, you know, you used to love crystals and tarot, which I'm totally into, and you you left it behind because, you know, friends said, oh, that's not a bit cool, is it? So you left it behind. Do you think it's kind of experiences and those experiences that add to, like, your, your dark side and your negative thoughts? Yeah, I think when we're kids we don't really like proper young, young little ones. We don't, we're not really aware of judgment and we're not really aware of what other people think isn't cool (laughs) or (laughs) or, (laughs) like, like kids will wear whatever they want and kids will say whatever they want and they'll do whatever they want. Um, And it's only when you kind of get to a point kind of maybe into kind of six or seven at school where other kids start to have ideas and we start to form this idea of, um safety equals belonging to a group of people and to belong to that group of people I need to conform to whatever the group decides is the right thing or the cool thing or um not weird in my case as well I was thinking I was very much the weird kid (laughs) (laughs) and I'm embracing like I'm reclaiming my weird now so we start to put away the things that we love for ourselves just because they bring us joy because other people are judging us for them or criticizing it or they make us feel vulnerable or they hurt us in some way by saying something or doing something. So we start to put on these masks and these personas that look like us fitting in. So we feel safe. And then the story then that we then carry is to feel safe. I have to fit in to fit in. I can't stand out. I can't put my head above the parapet. I can't be the tall poppy. I can't draw attention to myself. But we still have these dreams of doing those things. There are also those kind of like constant combat um, internally. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very much when we're younger, all these ideas form about what safety means. And then we carry those stories and they turn into these kind of mean voices in our heads. Oh, my gosh. And then I'm guessing not just your own, but then things that other people have said to you along the way that just it's like sticky. It sticks to you until you actually acknowledge it, I guess, and then work on it. Yeah, because we we kind of we push the idea away um, of of kind of going against those ideas. We kind of know we have to fit in. Fitting in is important because that Mm. equals safety. Um. So we kind of tuck them away and we're not always consciously aware of them as well. And that's kind of the shadow part is because it lives in our subconscious. It's not something that we are daily aware of. 
So digging around in the subconscious. I think of it a little bit like if you've bought a really lovely house and it's got all these rooms, um, but you're only spending time in the rooms which have lights on. And the rest of the house, there's a few rooms that don't have lights on. They might be in the attic, they might be in the cellar, they might be kind of different parts of the house. And if you don't go into those rooms to explore what's in them, then you don't find out all the good stuff and all the wonderful things that are in there. And you limit yourself to just that one space where the light is on. I love that concept. Yeah. So it's just feeling brave enough to kind of like go into the attic or go into the, the basement and feel brave enough that you can handle whatever you find in there. And then switch the light on when you're in there as well and go, okay, it's not so scary in here. I can come back another time and hang out. I don't know what you've done, but I'm feeling all this kind of, not anxiety, <laughs> but curiosity and things going on in my stomach. And I'm like, oh, I want to go into that attic and turn yeah. the light on because I might find something pink as funny in there. Exactly. And there might be <laughs> no, stuff that's true. in there that you used to really love as a kid. Yes. And you've someone told you at some point, no, that's not a cool thing to do or it's not appropriate or even things like, um, so for a long time, I thought people that were really loud and took up space were obnoxious and rude and kind of like really kind of like, what is their problem? Why can't they just be quiet? Not realising that that was something that I wanted for myself. So I was projecting my own feelings about I've been told to be like good girls are quiet and they stay out of the way and they don't take up space and they let other people speak and they don't show off. Like showing off as well was kind of like a big a big thing like you mustn't show off good girls don't show off yeah so re- so I then projected my judgment of that story onto other people but now I see actually they're just people that are really able to embrace who they are and proudly kind of declare who they are and take up the space that they want um yeah. and I have a bit I have a bit of that for myself now as well like a five years ago doing podcasts doing like Instagram lives doing even anything that kind of looked like showing up wouldn't have been on wouldn't have been on the agenda like no, no. <laughs> we don't do that and it's funny because it's like we see so many people online and that like you know I, I'm online on Instagram you share your lives and but I even get that little cringe moment like why are you doing this it's so embarrassing and I'm like no I actually love it it's fun so I'm gonna yeah. do it but yeah it, it is literally talking your negativity out and those those yeah, just those stupid words in your head just going around and trying to sabotage you. Yeah. But, wow. Yeah, and, and it's realising that all that part of you wants is it's feeling some kind of fear about mm. not being safe. So what does that part of you need to feel safe? Oh, so deep. We could go on for ages. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love it. There's so many little yeah, kind of bits to it. <laughs> But the whole projection thing, it's like when I'm on Twitter or something like that and someone says something like totally unrelated to the topic, they've made it about themselves. And it's like, you can just see that that's what you want for yourself, but you're just so angry. And I think the anger or the frustration doesn't come from the other person. It's literally themselves. Like, why can't I be that? I would love to be that, but you're doing it and I want it for myself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's when um, like a lot of talk that you see on kind of um, social media about being authentic and just be authentic and just be yourself is like, yeah, but for a lot of people, that's really difficult because they've been being someone else for so long because that's what kept them safe. You can't just decide I'm going to be myself now because for a lot of people, they don't even know who that is. If, yes. if they are going through kind of neurodivergent unmasking, um, if you kind of kind of carry any identity where it's kind of marginalized, where you've had to wear a persona, a mask, a kind of code switching so you can fit into mm. a space so you feel safe, then just showing up as yourself isn't, isn't like something you can just decide to do. It takes kind of a lot of work of building grounded safetyness so you can go okay this is safe for me now to show up in this way that feels more authentic gosh and then even like I feel like I've I've always been an advocate of you know be yourself be authentic because I was I think I've always just been one of those weird ones I was loud my quiet moments a bit bouncy whatever wear bright clothes today I'm wearing black I don't know why but yeah um but yeah even that can be hard 
just to have the confidence to be yourself. But then I go into the world and I sometimes I see reactions from the people that are projecting. And then it's like, I kind of have to have my shield to be like, nope, don't get in, don't get in, because this is fun being me. But it's taken so much to get to the point where I feel secure in being myself. Yeah, and I have. I've mentioned in the podcast that I got my ADHD um, diagnosis last year, or maybe the year before. I can't remember now. But when I had that diagnosis, it it just gave me that realization of like, wow, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But also, I guess I feel more comfortable in the traits that I believed were negative about me. Um, I guess are down to ADHD but because of that it's just helped me just feel that more safe and secure and I guess I feel safe and secure because I understand and know myself yeah and that's yeah that's that's the bit is knowing who you are liking who you are like actually looking in the mirror and going, do you know what? I really like who I, I really like this person looking back at me. <laughs> I like who they are. I like, and even on bad days, I like who you are. Um, so do it. Yeah, knowing who you are and liking yourself is a huge part of it. And it sounds really easy to say, oh, just you know, yeah, just self care, like who you are. But it's so mm-hmm. hard because there's so much conditioning that we're carrying that wants to tell us a different story. Yeah, absolutely. So what sort of methods do you use to help your clients achieve their goals? Um, So shadow work, as we've been talking about, is a big part of it. So kind of being really tender and curious and exploring those bits of you that um, have been hidden away. So the bits that you hide from yourself and you hide from others and getting back in contact with those parts and asking them like seeing yourself as like a whole committee in your head (laughs) of all these different parts that all have different views on different days and just being really aware that those parts of you exist and they have different needs so that kind of self-connection is is really important um and then I am a big fan of encouraging people to be a little bit mischievous I think of myself as a mischief (laughs) muse and I think this comes from spending my whole life being a good girl and not daring to get into trouble, but actually kind of wanting there to be trouble. So just suggesting to other people to do things. Okay, wait, so what do you mean? Like what? Because I'm I'm with you. I've always been good. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't do everything bad because you'll just get caught. And I'm always yes. fearful that I'll be like the one that they make an example of. So yeah. I'll get it 10 times worse than everyone else. So what can we do to be mischievous, please? So um, it's, it's things like... Um, so I used to have these little shadow challenges. So things that I kind of like little dares to do. Um, it's things like leaving a deliberate mistake. So if you're someone who's a perfectionist, leaving a de- deliberate typo somewhere. Um, not awful. offering to help. Ah, what are you doing? You're <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> not offering, okay, yeah, not offering to help. Um, not saying no when um or sorry saying 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 no when normally you would say yes to something so just say no I can't I can't do that for you is it is this making you feel a certain way (laughs) I mean yes and no I'm like intrigued but okay no I I, do you know what I think since I've relaxed maybe the last kind of six months I'm definitely doing less in my life and I yeah. guess that kind of goes into the being mischievous like I I haven't rescued say my partner in a situation like well what's for dinner I've just sat there I'm like oh what is for dinner so that's yeah. me being mischievous it is because it's, it's, it's usually I would be like oh, cooked already a whole meal throughout the day all my stuff would have been like put to the side I'd be drained I'd be exhausted I'm slept that kind of thing and now I'm just like yeah. well it's yeah mischief for me is kind of just like not is I just a little bit naughty against what would normally be expected of you so for some people that might look like being submissive rather than taking control of the situation that might be mischievous for them because normally their role is to take control or they're they're they feel responsible for things so to not Mm. not be responsible for something and let it just let it go so just little tiny tiny little acts that 
like challenge the status quo and your idea of who you are and your place in the world just to see what happens and just to kind of create new stories around um or saying yes quite often we go, oh no no I'm fine thank you I don't want anything actually though yes I do have some needs and I want them met so this is what I'm going to ask for so asking for things as well love this so yeah a little mischief mm. muse just oh I love that so sorry I interrupted because you did have some more <laughs> but that um, was like yeah I needed to know about that <laughs> What's the mischief? Um, and to being more restful and playful, deli- intentionally restful and playful in life as well. So taking time for like an afternoon bath, which is also kind of quite mischievous to go, do you know what? I'm going to go off for the afternoon and have a bath. Like yes. In the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, in the middle of the day, have a bath. Um, or to, 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 to come back to the things which you loved as a child and do more of those. So kind of as adults, we're not supposed to play unless it looks a certain way, unless it has a an outcome like it's a sports thing or there's some kind of um, kind of grown up aspect to it. But just playing for the sake of playing. Like I have crap art <laughs> that I've made around my walls. Like oh. I can't, I, I'm like, I just like playing with, with arty things. Crafty, yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes bit crafts. I love art and crafts. I've got a whole... Um... <laughs> massive bag of pom-poms and glue and pva yeah. and all that yeah and quite often they've uh, yeah. got no purpose <laughs> like no one's no one is going to see the things that are on this wall that's why they're this side you're enjoying the process i'm guessing yeah. you enjoy looking at it afterwards yeah um so just just kind of playing and, re- and realizing that when we are intentionally playful intentionally restful then there is like a sciencey bit to it which means our brain gets to go off and like the subconscious part of our brain the 95 percent that we don't have access to through the day like consciously it's got all the processing power but if we're trying to think on things and obsessively think over things with our little five percent of the brain that we do have access to we just kind of spin ourselves in circles if you can go off and stare out the window and watch some birds and clouds for a while this part of your brain can go right okay good we can take over on this problem now and it gets to work problem solving and then that's why like the shower gods kind of deliver little ideas and insights for you because you've you've switched off thinking about the thing and then yeah and then your subconscious yeah your subconscious goes here's an idea for you on that thing that you were worrying about last week ta-da so there's there's I like that. I like when there's science behind things that has a reason, but I also like the play of just trusting in the kind of the magic of things um, and the mm. just kind of what becomes possible if I just stop trying so hard. Mm. Like the toxic productivity, kind of capitalism, all that stuff that wants us going, going, going all the time, hustle, that hustle, wants us hustle. tired but not resting. Mm. it either wants us consuming or producing just to opt out of that and go I'm just going to have a little nap or I'm going to go and read my book is their little acts I guess a little mischievous rebellion as well just to decide I'm not going to tie myself into these stories that I have to always be productive yeah and that if I'm not productive um then that makes me a bad person and then I feel guilty when I rest mm. imagine just feeling guilty for resting I know the the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard but it's so true it's like well what are you doing I'm resting aka you're doing nothing therefore you should be bit you feel should be bad you should feel bad about doing absolutely nothing but I'm regenerating I'm restoring I'm growing yeah oh gosh life has so many like unspoken rules like you kids stop playing like you said and just stop resting like you you encourage your kids to have naps yeah when they're tired or grumpy or just you know just seem exhausted that's your natural resolution or you know what I mean remedy a nap but yet we feel bad for just resting yeah and we try and push through things as well and it becomes a badge of honor to um (laughs) to work ridiculous hours or or there's like a there's a bit of a, a kind of um there's like a little bit of a glamour around burnout as well, I think, or in an awful, really toxic way. It's kind of, oh, I'm so familiar, I'm burnt out again, or I'm in burnout again. It's like, why do you keep going there? Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we, like, I know what burnout feels for me now. 
And if I feel myself skirting around the edges of it, then I have practices and things that I do that go, okay, this is, I do not want to go back into that place. So I pull myself back from that edge. Mm. But it's, yeah, I just see it so often that we just keep on allowing ourselves to, to fall into those habits. Yeah, which is just not beneficial because no, not on my all watch. No, <laughs> not anyone's watch. No. But also, um, we've had a guest, um, Natsi Lilu. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about people pleasing. So there's elements of what you were saying within that, but she touched upon um, burnout too. And yeah, we were saying, you know, it doesn't just stop at feeling tired. It can, if you don't acknowledge it your body will do it for you. So you get illnesses and chronic illnesses that just come on when doctors say, well, we we don't know the reason. Yeah, because you're burnt out and stressed because you won't take the time to acknowledge what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You're forced into it. So yeah, it's so important that you don't just run yourself into the ground. And usually it's for other people that people do this for, like the going to work and it's a business. Well, yeah, you're getting your salary, but do you all really need to hustle, hustle, hustle really for that main person right at the top? Because they're not hustling like you are. No, really. No, no, they're not. And it's it's so ingrained into us and this idea of this kind of industrial day of eight hours to mm. to work, eight hours for sleeping and then eight hours do everything else in your life and you do that five days a week and then everything else gets squished into a weekend it's and, and I guess through the through the whole lockdown we, like people prove that you can work in different ways yes. and I'm glad to see there's more four-day weeks kind of coming in as well and that's kind of catching on as a thing but I think we can all go further with that as well and if you're running your own business as well not taking those toxic standards from a nine to five and bring them into your own your own business as well because then you like you're the person making yourself do that yeah (laughs) and you know you don't enjoy it and it's not helpful for you so yes I have a bath in the afternoon oh I love that I'm gonna do that I want to have a bath in the afternoon (laughs) that just sounds like the most amazing thing ever and it's only something small that's the thing yeah so much joy coming out of something so tiny like having a bath it's like wow I'm allowed yeah. to do that. I'm allowed. Wow. At www.digital.com, you'll find the Women Who Rebrand podcast and bonus content to accompany each episode. Plus, between episodes and season breaks, you'll get access to informative articles and personal stories about health and wellness, relationships, and careers. Take a journey with us to become your most authentic self because you matter. Join our online community on Instagram and TikTok at WWR Digital. How do you help clients develop self-awareness? So we've been talking about, you know, um, shadow work and acknowledging things, but how do you get people to develop this? Because it, you can't just one day be like, right, I'm going to acknowledge all my bad traits or whatever. How do you go about it? So, so the curiosity thing is 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 the start of it for me, and that's kind of why I'm... Um, yeah, my business is this curious life coaching. So I think life opens up when it is when we bring in curiosity to it. So just stopping that autopilot train of thought that we can get into and bringing just start noticing, how do you feel in certain situations? How do you react in certain situations? What bodily kind of things sensations do you feel and what story is attached to those things and noticing those things and then questioning well, is, is that true? What else is also true? Um, what new story can I create for myself? And just starting to switch off from that autopilot that we're so used to being in because we're playing, quite often we're playing the role of, of various people. We're playing the role of a wife, the role of a mother, the role of a business owner, that we stop being our, our actual selves. So just kind of stepping back from whatever role it is that you feel that you're in and asking yourself, what do you what are you feeling right now, and what do you need, and what is happening for you that you're responding to, and what does that, what story is that creating? And I think just beginning to do that on a more regular basis and tuning back into who you are, and what your needs are, and what you really want from life, especially what you want more of as well, because we're not supposed to want more; we're supposed to be happy with what we've got. Yeah. 
Um, but just recognizing those things and acknowledging them about yourself and then yeah starting from there and then the things that you find the things that you uncover meeting them with compassion and not judgment and then kind of pulling back those layers to see then what's beneath that part of you I don't think we ever get to the, the the end I think there's always more that we find out about ourselves um but just beginning that work of uncovering who you are is, yeah, is the, is, the, is the beginning of it for me. Right. And doing it with no judgment. That's, yeah. Oh. That's the secret source is not judging what you find. Because quite often we go, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm doing this again. I thought I was past this or I thought I'd kind of moved past being doing this kind of behavior. Yeah. And then you're just berating yourself for something. And then you're kind of, digging away at your self-worth and your your capacity and your capability as a human being rather than going well you know what I've been carrying this for 10 20 30 40 plus years it's going to be really hard to put down it's going to be really difficult to consistently show up as this different version of myself when I'm constantly being challenged to fit back into a an old story so kind of this idea of yeah well that's okay we can we'll start again it's no, there's nothing's written off nothing is not worth doing it's all experience it's all has a worth and then we'll just we'll pick up and we'll start again yeah and I guess I'm just thinking about how um I guess I used to be in terms of you know if something bad happens you see it as a failure and that therefore it's something bad yeah and then that can just carry that can kind of just stay with you and be like adding to that negative talk and negative belief and limiting beliefs because it's just stuck to you because yeah you it's true because it happened but realistically those things aren't bad and I guess it's stopping kind of putting it with something bad connecting it with something bad that's what I meant yeah yeah you understand what I'm trying to say I do I do and it's kind of (laughs) In my head, um, which is quite a busy, busy place, <laughs> I imagine there's one part of me which just keeps this long list, this kind of like cartoon, like forever rolling piece of paper with all the stupid things I've ever done. And it just loves to write new things on the list. And then it just loves to read the list out to me. <laughs> just reminding you, this is another stupid thing that you've done. Um, but that's not helpful but that part of me thinks it has a job to do to keep me safe because it's kind of if I remind you of the stupid things that you've done then maybe you'll stop doing stupid things and maybe you'll Uh... stop doing risky things that are going to increase the chances of someone judging you or seeing that you're not capable so it kind of keeps reminding you to yeah to not do things so just kind of quieting that voice and going yeah but I've also got this other list of all the awesome things I've ever done and if I intentionally spend more time thinking about that list and what an awesome human being I am and how kind I am and all the other things that you love about yourself and drift your attention to that list instead, then that becomes the focus. So it's just rewiring, really. Yeah. But but, yeah. but doing so in a way where you're not thinking the wiring that you've got is faulty. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of... Yeah. It, it's it's trying to serve a purpose it's just not the purpose that you need it to do it's, yeah you don't need to be kept safe anymore you need to be someone who feels the courage and the um the creativity to move forward with something that you towards what you want more of that's what you need now absolutely it's those times when I'm sitting there and I'm like back in 1985 I did, did this embarrassing thing so sorry and never do that again because you never want to feel like that again it's just like well you know that was many moons ago and I was about five yeah <laughs> we don't need to protect ourselves like that anymore so yeah it's like just talking your way out of it yeah like, yeah have these conversations with yourself yeah I'm surprised that some people don't talk to themselves like that inner um I had speak to my husband the other day because there was something on Twitter about how some people in their minds it's just quiet and I'm like what do you mean so when I think I can hear my voice and there's like a few of me having conversations back and forth yeah yes yeah and I thought it was normal but then my husband's voice there's no voice and I'm like but when you think what do you hear and he's like well I don't hear it's just like he just sees visions and I'm like 
what is that about? Like, I must, I'd be so bored. What, what is going on? There must be something going up there. But when I'm having these conversations, like you were saying about the negative self-talk and the limited beliefs, I'm having the actual conversations going back. Maybe that's just easier for me to process. Yeah, no, I, I, I find that very relatable. And I don't know if that is a neurodivergent thing or if it's just a way that some people's brains work, whether you're ND or typical, neurotypical. But I have that as well. I have um, the voice that I think of as the narrator, so the person who's currently talking in my head, the observer, the person that's kind of watching the conversation, and then the other parts that chime in. Yeah. Um, and it depends. And sometimes it's which part is winning, which voice is shouting the loudest, which one is kind of being the most petulant or the most kind of um, compelling that wins. And sometimes mm. that will be the voice if it's coming from a place of fear, then fear can be really loud and kind of brash and like ringing the alarm bells. And I think, um, what is it, Inside Out is the Disney film is that. such, is uh. that made so much sense for me. And I, and I can imagine like in my head, there's a little boardroom table and there's all these little people sat around it. And sometimes some of them get to take control and they shouldn't be in control. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've got them working on some boxes, which are my memories. And sometimes yeah. they might drop them or can't find them. Yeah, or just drag random stuff out. Yeah. Yes. At, yeah. But, this is li- When I saw that film, I was like, hold on. Who has been looking in my brain? Because... Yeah. Come on. And then the imaginary friend, no spoilers, but when that part happened and I broke was like, my heart. I cried. I'm not going to mm. lie. I cried. But yeah, it was so relatable. There must have been a neurodivergent person. I think so. I think so. Yeah, but definitely. But- the important thing is if, if you're imagining that kind of whatever it, it looks like in your mind, whether it's a visual thing or whether it's kind of a, a hearing those um, different parts of you is to remember that you're in charge of all those parts mm. and not any one of those parts is in charge of you. And your job yes. is to be that kind of chief exec of all of your parts and go, I've listened to all of your input. Thank you very much. It's been very valuable. Um, I've taken it into consideration and I'm still going to do this. Yeah, just bring it back because, like you said, you're in control. Yeah. 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 Mm. So I know you're a... Um, a life coach and I think lots of people just think you know life coach guru they have everything sorted they're all 100% whole (laughs) spiritual (laughs) everything but you're human so I I wanted to ask if you yourself have pangs of like um, self-doubt or limiting beliefs or negative talk and if so how do you remain focused um yes definitely human definitely deeply flawed (laughs) definitely still working out who I am what authentic looks like for me and and all those things um and I think anyone who who doesn't recognize that about themselves isn't going to be able to help other people because they they're not in they're not in like as Brene Brown say you're not in the arena you're not doing the work of that feels really hard and challenging and um and, and, and difficult and finding things out about yourself you don't always like you didn't always want to know about yourself and that you didn't want to acknowledge so I'm definitely still on that journey for myself um and what I've learned to do is recognize when I'm in a kind of what I think of as like a doom spiral so just when one of those um one of those ideas has caught on that isn't helpful that is a bit toxic and I'm just kind of spiraling with it I recognize what that feels like now and I have a set of practices that I do that that help me kind of move through it if I need to move through it quite quite often there's maybe some emotion there that needs to be expressed and we're we're taught not to feel things like push it down deep and and don't feel your feelings but quite often they need to be felt and they need to be expressed so you can move past them so learning to do that um and I, I, I love ritual and this idea of magic. So I, I have like a lot of my own little rituals that I do that are supportive. Ooh. So that might be kind of journaling, but not just journaling. They'll be lighting a candle. They'll be setting intention. They'll be, then they'll be journaling. They might be then burning the journal or ripping it up and that kind wow. of thing as well. Um, knowing that I am topped up when I'm out in nature so going going for walks in my local park, um, or if I haven't got the time to go out, just literally looking out my window and daydreaming. Um, I'm deeply passionate about my sleep. 
<laughs> and making sure that it's the, the best quality sleep that I can I can get. So really knowing what helps me sleep well and makes me feel well rested and prioritizing that. Um, and, and again, coming back to the idea of non-judgment as well, if I do feel like I'm having a bit of a shit day and I've not done the things that I wanted to do or I've um that that judgment voice is sneaking in then reminding myself hang on remember being deeply compassionate where is this story coming from what do you need now and what's going to help you kind of reframe where you are to to move forward because it's not all light and love (laughs) it's there is there is that kind of murk in there as well and those those shadow bits of me if they don't get their say then they do they do they do make themselves known very clearly and in terms of um your clients so obviously you're going to give them some strategies or guidance about how to um get rid of their limiting beliefs and self-talk and get to the positive place do you kind of help them figure out what's best for them because how would you even start if you don't even know or like remember how to play I guess yeah so there's something that I have is a a rest and play audit which helps people have a look at the restful playful things that they do now and what they used to do and what they used to love as a when they were younger and then together we can work out okay so what what are the gaps and what would what could you experiment with and it is quite often it's experimenting as well it's kind of playing with the idea of playing and rest and seeing what works what works for you and what feels good and what can you practically make space and time for as well if you've got a busy life it may not be practical for example to have a bath in the afternoon yeah but but what else could you do that is going to give you that same sense of I'm a worthy person who's worthy of time spent on myself just for myself where can I fit that in um and bringing bringing that idea, bringing that idea of playfulness into experimenting with things outside of what you would normally do and just following curiosity as well. Like what, what sparks your interest? What do you, what do you see other people doing on Instagram that catches your attention? Are you forever watching videos of people making jewelry? Do you want to go and make jewelry for your own? What about pottery or what, what's kind of, what thing is interest you that you could say, I could have a go with that myself as well. That just sounds so important. And we were talking about before in terms of liking yourself. That also, like, not just your appearances, but your actual personality. Like, I also question myself, would you be your friend? If you was, like, a clone, would you be your friend? And I'm always like, hells yeah, we'd have so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of gave me the confidence to be like, so everything that you're looking for that possibly sometimes you put onto your partner to like entertain you or be your best friend sometimes you just gotta be your own best friend yeah since I've come to that realization because I can have fun on my own I absolutely know that um yeah I I think I've just stopped searching for something that was in myself already yeah and that idea I love that that idea of can you spend time with just yourself can you just allow yourself to be bored and then what ideas like if you let yourself be bored rather than being distracted by Netflix scrolling on your phone going off and having a conversation like what happens if you're bored what starts to what does your own mind create for you to do if you allow that space for boredom to come in Mm. wow so it sounds like a lot of this work is just kind of starting by being by yourself and being with your thoughts and kind of acknowledging what's going on and what you're saying to yourself yeah because so much of what we do is just puts our awareness outwards Mm. to other people to friends to family to jobs to work to screens so it's just turning that same attention that tames that same spotlight inward and just exploring what's what's in there um and yeah, being being curious about what you find and non-judgmental as well. So you don't go, oh, I don't want to do that again because that was an awful experience. <laughs> and then going back to screens, it's, yeah. no, I'm just going to stay here for a little while in on the inside and explore that house that we were talking about earlier, that house. Yes. with the Just walk around with a little candle or a torch and have a look at some of the darker rooms. 
Mm. Some good stuff in there. And I guess you don't have to go like full on. It's like something that you um, gradually work up to, I'm assuming, like yeah. five, 10, 20 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think of, um, like they say, like life be- life begins outside your comfort zone, which, yes, it, it's, it's true. And there's also an idea of, for me, that I want to make my comfort zone really big and really comfy and like really homey. So it's somewhere that I can go to the edge of my comfort zone and beyond. And I know that I've got a really great place to come back to when things get a little bit stretchy on the outside, which means I'm more likely to go out and explore the edges and beyond my comfort zone because I know I've got a great place to come back to. And that great place to come back to is me. It's kind of coming back to myself and um, and the things that I love and the things that I know lift me up. So I'm then more, I think we're then more likely to go and explore elsewhere if we know we've got somewhere safe to come back to. Yeah, because you are safe because you're you. You've yeah. got you. <laughs> yeah, and and spending time, uh, shadow work can feel like a little bit scary. It's name the name itself is a bit like ooh, what's yeah, shadow work. Um, but <laughs> so doing that gently as well, and with lots of compassion and lots of ex- expecting to not like what you find, but being open to accepting it. Yeah. which is a kind yeah. of a difficult balance to get to, but you need to kind of do the work to start feeling and recognising that. Absolutely. And just being comfortable with that. Yeah, being uh, being comfortable with being a little uncomfortable for a while and knowing that you're capable of, like, moving through that, mm. that you can hold that discomfort, you can hold the, the fear, the guilt, the shame, whatever you might find that's in there, because quite often that is what's in there, um, that you can hold it for the time it takes to see that it's not as consuming as you yes. thought it may have been from a distance up close. It's something that you can have compassion for and go, um, that part of me that felt that at that time, I've got deep compassion for that part of me now. Now I'm someone different who knows better, who knows more, who's stronger, who's more whatever it is that you need to be. And knowing that that thing then is, it's, it shrinks it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've all got moments, you know, doing the work and everything's so great. But then for me personally, I will possibly forget and then I haven't done it and I'm just not motivated because it's gone out of my brain. The box has gone, my inside (laughs) out. They chucked the box outside. They used it for a football or something. Um, so how do you keep your clients or keep yourself motivated to stick with this this kind of um, way of life? Yeah, so I don't tend to work with goals as such. I think a goal is something you get to and then it's kind of like, well, what's beyond the goal? Mm-hmm. Um, so they can be useful, they can be powerful, but for me it's more important to have intentions and, mm-hmm. and wanting to wanting your life to look a certain way to feel a certain way and if you're connecting with a feeling that you want more of um and then understanding what is the things are gonna what are the tangible practical things which are going to create that feeling for me then for me that has more weight and more like more little tendrils of connection than having a goal so if a goal for example was uh, a monetary one for a new job or um, building your business to a certain point, that becomes an objective to reach. If your intention is feeling more financial security in your life, and one way of doing that is a change of job or to build your business business in a certain way, then there's more meaning attached to that idea. So I think motivation and kind of the self um yeah, the self-motivation to kind of move towards things like that is is for me more powerful if it's an intention that you want your life to look a certain way rather than kind of a one-off, a one-off objective. Um, so, yeah, so, so kind of keeping that in mind and then regularly checking in with the things that you're doing and are they in alignment to the direction you want to go in? So I have this idea of practical intentions, which a practical intention is a thing that you're going to be in in action towards. 
And then that action needs to be aligned to action. So is the, are the things that I'm doing daily, weekly, monthly, are they in alignment with the thing that I've said I want? And if they're not, then what do I need to be doing more of? So I think if we focus on the things that we need to be doing more of rather than less of, then naturally the more takes space rather than kind of focusing on what we shouldn't be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I guess if you then focus on the things that you're not doing or should be doing or whatever, that's the negative connotation and then you get that spiral of guilt. and, And then that obviously there's no room, like you said, to think of the things that... Ah, yeah that's the key yeah so for me it's what do you want more of and what do you want your life to feel like Mm. and what tangible things are going to support you feel that way and then we create a plan that that moves them in that direction that makes so much sense because yeah we're all conditioned to think of success and goal so what are you working towards like you know I want that car I want that house and it's like well how do you feel along the way? We know how to get that. You have to work hard to get the money, but that's like, you know, hustle, 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 work hard, work hard, burnout. Then you (laughs) finally get it. And then you're like, okay, I've got it now. What next? And many people don't do the what next. And I think that's when, you know, you get to that point where you realize that you don't know yourself Mm -hmm. and perhaps, you know, you focused possibly on the wrong things, even though you have achieved your goal. So yeah, yeah, it's just balance, right? Yeah, and, and being driven by things you want that are coming from an internal source and not an mm. external source of like, so the tick box of life is you go to school, you go to college, you go to uni, you meet someone, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you get a car, dream job, like that's your life. That's all you get a dog, your life's mapped out. Yeah. Not everyone wants those things, but we don't realise that we don't want those things because we're just set on this course towards them. Mm-hmm. so checking back in and saying well, what how do I want to feel and what does that look like for me that might not look like the standard roadmap of life that has been laid out for you um that isn't going to be as fulfilling so you get so you get the job you get the house you get the car you're like I still feel empty on the inside like yeah. why this wasn't what I was promised where's my fairy tale ending <laughs> <laughs> it's so true it's so true yeah some of us want to go off and just live in the woods. That's what we want. <laughs> I mean, I've mentioned it before, but that whole kind of way of commune, community living and just living on a commune with, yeah, I'll have my internet, but like growing stuff on the land and having farm animals and stuff. That is my dream. And I'm like, yeah. come with me. But yeah, their <laughs> lines, their goals are not aligned with mine. They want like Xbox and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. But not yeah, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. But then I can have elements of that. So I yes. do my So what's the feeling? Things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what everyone's kind of, I guess with a goal or an intention, it is, it boils down to the feeling that you're going to get. That's why you kind of think that you want it, right? That's, you get a feeling, a positive yeah. feeling. Yeah. Or a dose of dopamine in my case or serotonin yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, that that sense of fulfillment that you have Yes. That is an internal thing that only makes sense for you sometimes. Like other people wouldn't get it. Like for me, like why would you climb a mountain? I do not get <laughs> I do not get it. I don't want to do it. Why would you go fishing? Not my bag. Don't, not interested. But other, other people. Coasters, I'm like, you might want to fall off something and die. Why? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. But for you, like, oh, good luck to you. But that's not mm-hmm. that's not what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of your clients, do you have like um, any stories that kind of, you know, you've shaped someone or you've managed to change their perception and, you know, makes you feel a bit like gooey inside like yay I did that I did that for you and now you're amazing have you got any of those yeah, stories <laughs> I do my my favorite one is someone I've, I've actually just finished working with and when we first started working she was um really concerned about money worries and um this like money for her was very much a source of safety and security mm-hmm. and she had various ideas for building a business couple like multi-passionate ideas that she wasn't sure which direction to take because taking it one direction over another might impact the idea of security and money and an income and that kind of thing. Um, where she is now is that she is moving to another country 
because she's realized that the space she's in now, she doesn't feel is like somewhere that she belongs. And that for a long term, a long term objective of financial safety, living mortgage free is where she wants to be. She has she's now showing up online talking about her businesses in a way that feels really intentional and attracting clients because she was able to create the space that allowed her to see what it was that she was capable of doing rather than kind of just being caught in the noise of I there's too many things that are possible and they all carry risk Mm -hmm. and actually coming back to for her it was really about trust and self-trust and trusting her process and that if the way forward for her felt right to just trust in that and keep going and for her that's where that path opened up where she's now kind of really clear on what her options look like and she's also been able to have kind of difficult kind of quite awkward conversations with people and friends and family around money around boundaries because for her that also represents safety and kind of setting out her her space and what she will and will not um tolerate for herself and how she wants to be treated and this kind of happened as a really gentle unfolding of her realizing that when she trusted who she was and what she wanted and her process of getting it even if it looked different from what other people were doing then the noise fell away and the certainty and the confidence and the clarity came in to get what she wanted so yeah that's been like a really lovely a lovely kind of journey uh, to witness amazing you've seen her blossom yeah and just the confidence and I'm thinking I don't know if I'd be confident enough to go off and move to a different country (laughs) and sell my sell my flat and just decide to move but she's doing it with such confidence and such certainty because for her that's what feels right and it's connected with meaning and fulfillment so it's kind of doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to anyone else for her it feels it feels right yeah, she's willing to take that, go to the next chapter of life. Yeah. yeah. And I think not everything has to be forever. Like, if you want to move abroad, go abroad. But then it doesn't mean that's forever. And if it doesn't work out, you've tried it. You had the experience. So that's yeah. just amazing. And doing it from a place of groundedness where you can do it in a way that feels safe mm. and not an impulsive, I'm running away from things. Yes, it's kind of, I'm doing different. this because it's connected really deeply to what matters and I can yeah. do it in a way that is sensible whereas no that's it <laughs> I'm running away <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving everything behind is a very different vibe but the same kind of it looks the same on the surface yeah but yeah. completely like you said with intention that's yes. brilliant yeah so um what's next for you and your business have you got any events coming up do you do events um I occasionally do workshops and things the biggest um the thing I'm most excited about at the moment is I've revamped my um my group program which is called reconnect and it's a really beautiful blend of learning coaching and mentoring so it's kind of figuring out who you are learning about what you want and then being in action towards it in one kind of big supportive package um so that's kind of that's running now and then from March it's going to be something that people can join whenever they want as well so it's it used to be like a quarterly thing with a moon and all sorts and solstices but now it's kind of you can come in whenever um and it is that practical element of yes you'll have a plan and yes you'll work towards it and be supported but there's also um sharing circles in there there's meditation there's journaling there's all that lovely supportive self-connection and shadow work element as well so you get to go deeper into the story of who you are and what you want so it's not just a surface level plan of action so yeah I'm really excited um about that welcoming new people in yay that sounds fantastic is it all online it is yes oh great so you can be anywhere in the world and join yeah that's the brilliance of social media and the internet like yeah just having so many people little collections and clients and community that kind of is is international is kind of it feels crazy but it's 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 real and it's yeah I love it right so um before you go um where can our lovely audience find you um so I'm this curious life coaching um that's my website and my uh instagram um I do play on tiktok but it's you won't find me doing much on there actually I'm just watching to be honest (laughs) 
that's that's the play area for people that it's, take Instagram and everything seriously. That's like me. I'm like, yeah, I'll go there and play. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Instagram <laughs> is is where I um, you'll mainly find me kind of sharing bits and bobs. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much, Sadie. You have just been a wealth of knowledge. My mind has expanded. What was it? The ninety five percent that you said we don't use. Now yeah. I'm using ninety. Um, let me do the maths. Ninety five. I'm using more. More. <laughs> more of my brain I, I can't feel it I feel it <laughs> but yeah thank you so much I hope um you had a good time and I'm sure I did yes our audience have loved this episode no my pleasure okay. thank you Sarita thank you so much take care bye bye we hope you enjoyed this episode of women who rebrand be sure to subscribe and leave a rating to keep up with upcoming episodes join our online community on Instagram and TikTok at WWR Digital And stay tuned for our next episode featuring another fantastic guest ready to discuss the most insightful topics. Thanks for listening.